So how was the drive in? Not too bad? No, not too bad. A little rainy a little, out tonight. Yeah, huh? I was going to say a little rainy, a little messy, but we'll take this over the snow any day. No doubt. No doubt. Thanks for coming in. I do appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, Randy and I think you have a very interesting story to tell. Um, lifelong trucker? Third generation, 22 years at it, uh, about two and a half million safe miles. That's wow. That's a lot been of miles. Everywhere. Yeah, been everywhere. That's a neat thing with our area uh, as far as like trades and industry. I'm third generation of, of my career as well, so it's Falls in the family. Falls in the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So I guess when we're talking about how you got into the trucking industry, it really wasn't much of a choice for you, was it? Well, uh, my dad tried to chase me out of it, actually. He didn't want me to, to pursue it at all. But when you grow up around it and you develop a passion for it, and you just, it, it's an addiction. But it's one of those things where, um, you know, when people talk about happiness and stuff like that, if you find something you love to do, you'll never work another day. I don't ever dread going to work. I love my job. I'm not a big fan in the wintertime so much, but I do love my job. Always a different view. Always different. You know, you'd start out, you know, like tomorrow morning, I'll probably start out, uh, it'll be 30 degrees here, and then I'll get up to Wisconsin, and there'll be three feet of snow on the ground. But this comes with territory. Yeah, so, so walk me through a, a typical day. Uh, for you how, how does it work um usually i start out monday morning i load out of chicago i take that up to wisconsin i deliver the same day uh, monday afternoon unload and then i run two rounds to west virginia every week out of wisconsin so tuesday morning i load out of wisconsin i go down to west virginia usually i'll unload reload at the same place in west virginia come right back up to wisconsin again and just as fast and as safely as you can turn them. So are you independent? I am now uh, recently independent. I was independent oh, probably about 10 years ago, sold my truck, sold my business, got out of it, and then I got started doing the company thing. It worked out really well for a while, and then recently my boss decided that he was going to retire, and I've been driving the same truck for four years, and it's really nice and it's really fancy. And he said, well, I'm retiring. So one of two options, either A, you buy the truck, or B, I sell it to somebody else. I'm like, you're not selling my truck to somebody else. So I bought my truck. It's not what I wanted to do, per se. I was kind of, you know, still kind of sketchy about it with the way the economy is and stuff. More so the trucking uh, industry the way it is. So I was sketchy about it, but go big or go home. What, what do you mean by, like, how the trucking industry is? We, and, and the reason I'm asking, we had touched on... Uh, during our first podcast about talking about like ELD mandates and oh. and how that's affected the, the trucking industry itself. Horrible. But, horrible. That's, that, that's what we're hearing. And My, also uh, like uh, administrations, what has changed, what hasn't changed? Well, presidential. My, that is. my, my truck is a 99 Peterbilt 379. The ELDs went into effect 2000 and newer. Anything 2000 and newer has to have an ELD. I'm still on paper logs because it's the only way that I'll truck. If if they make everybody go to electronic logs, I'll get out of trucking. And that's the sad part about it is that's the way so many guys feel. So right now in the uh, industry, so many old timers that have 20, 30, 40 years experience, they're getting out because they have this little digital box that tells them what to do when they can sleep. When like they swipe it in, swipe it 30 out. 30-minute breaks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really insane how it works because if, if you go to – I'll give you an example. Um, a year ago, I got stopped in a Minnesota scale house, pulled me around back, did a full inspection. Like, my truck's 20 years old. They didn't find anything wrong whatsoever. Inside that scale house – there's four separate DOT officers, almost like walking up to a bank teller booth. There's four different guys. They've got four different trucks outside that they're inspecting. This guy next to me was having a meltdown on this police officer because he was writing him a ticket from three days earlier because he was over five minutes on his digital logbook. And the guy is, is almost in tears trying to explain he was just trying to find a parking spot. 
I was just trying to safely find a parking spot. It was five minutes. That's a ticket. Wow. That ticket goes on your record. That goes against your CSA score. Truckers have a CSA score from zero to 100. The higher the score, the better chance there's of you not working in this industry anymore. And it could be anything. If you, if you pull into a scale house and you have a taillight out, you can get out and fix that taillight right there. You can have a brand new taillight sitting there just in case, because you never know when they're going to go out. It's electronics. You have no idea. Right. They can write you a ticket with these taillights. You know, you have a light go out. You can have the taillight with you to fix it because it's electronics. You never know when it's going to go wrong. He can still write you a ticket and probably will. Now that goes against your CSA score. And sooner or later, your CSA score is high enough where you're out of truck and it's over with. Does it affect your insurance rates and whatnot? It it does to an extent because a lot of uh, insurance companies now do run the CSA score. They want to know what you're doing. Sure. And it goes back three years. You know, I'm, I'm not a big politics guy and whatever, but when Obama started this uh, FMCSA, Federal Motor Carrier uh, Safety Association, it's their job almost feels like to us, they, they say it's safety, but it's not. What they're doing is they're putting the little guy out of business. You've got these big companies, Swift, Schneider, whatever. They have amazing safety scores. Well, they now, overwhelm you with staff, now you watch though, right? you watch Facebook for two minutes and you know that Swift and Schneider do not have the greatest safety score. What it is is these guys have millions of dollars in trucks sitting in a yard doing nothing with no driver because they can use that. Well, if you got ten thousand trucks and there's only a thousand of them that aren't safe, you know, well that's no big deal. Well, yeah, but. 3,000 of them are sitting in a yard with no driver. Wow. But that adds to how good, supposedly, their safety is. You get a guy like me or the guy that I'm leased on to, 10, 15 trucks, it, it don't take nothing but two accidents to ruin your CSA score. It's over. I used to work for Conway when, uh-huh. I, was, when I was 18. I used to work the dock. Yep. So it's interesting that, you know, like the driving safety, what's a real shocker is the safety on the docks and everything else that accompanies that shit that doesn't get accounted for for anything right i've seen <laughs> uh hopefully the guy's still alive but uh when i was 18 i was put in charge i'll just throw this in there i was put in charge of training some retirees that came on for for like winter work or whatever they're right. doing they just right. need a job so you know we're we're running 100 doors grab uh, a pup comes in or whatever grab the manifest start unloading going to all the doors right we were so busy and this old guy came out and i'm just like hey man just uh we got to get through this one just kind of sit off to the side on your forklift the guy backs his forklift onto an empty trailer half you've been on docks before yeah so they're about six foot off the ground and he didn't know that it was hooked to go out to the yard and uh <laughs> so i'm i'm just flying <laughs> all of a sudden i hear just loud and i'm looking i'm like where'd he go and then i see smoke and i look over the edge and the forklift he went backwards because they pulled the trailer out he fell off the dock straight down on the uh on the counterweight tank. you know it's got a lead right counterweight right. Hit it, and they tell you in training, don't jump out of the forklift. Stay in the forklift. He tried to jump out, and it landed from his waist down. When I went down there, all I saw was his arm hanging out. And thank God the counterweight fell off the back because if that stayed on, we wouldn't have been able to lift it up. Right. But, like, three of us, three of the guys lifted it up, and I pulled him out, and he was crushed from the waist down. That's insane. And he survived that, but... Those are the things you don't hear about. And, and that's just it. A lot, a lot of the things that go on, you don't hear about. You see what they talk about in the news and so on and so forth. You know, um, I found it funny, you know, and, and I, I'm a Trump supporter. But when he was first getting into office and so on, they have a huge truck show in Louisville, Kentucky every year at the end of March. It's the largest truck show in the world. He was there. But instead of going where all these fancy trucks are, 
all these guys who take pride in their ride, who spend a fortune on their trucks, whatever. He was over here with Swift and Schneider and all these, you know, they call themselves the American Trucking Association or whatever. And all it is is it's big, huge companies. Yeah, big well, money those, lobby. Yeah. It's a lobby. That's right. it. it. It's all about the lobbying. And it's like, you know, these guys, you get guys like me, I'm never going to fall asleep at the wheel. I'm never going to, I'm not even worried about harming myself or other people. First and foremost, I don't want to bend a $500,000 bumper. I don't want to pull in a truck stop and somebody go, dude, your bumper is mangled. I take a lot of pride in what I do. So I'm never going to run so hard where not only would I bend a bumper, but it hurt myself or hurt other people. Now they got these, you know, ELDs. I've got a friend of mine who's got 15 years experience. He doesn't like to drive at night. He's just not comfortable doing it. He doesn't like it, period. He's made a great living all this time, and now these ELDs came into effect, and they force him to drive at night when he's not comfortable driving because that's when his clock says he has to. You can, you can unload a truck. There's times when I'm unloaded, reloaded, 45 minutes. But I've also sat for seven hours. And with those ELDs, when you start that morning, let's just say hypothetically 7 o'clock, your 14 hours is up at 9 o'clock. It doesn't matter what happens in them 14 hours. You can sit at that dock for seven hours. That clock is ticking away. And then you're on duty, not driving. Yep. yep, and that customer still wants you to deliver that load on time. So once you're loaded, now you're running like an idiot. You know. And their big thing, their big you know, plot and scam with this whole thing was it's going to save 26 lives, I believe was their number that they threw out there. Totally a made-up number. It's going to save 26 lives a year. Well, now they just got, you know, every, all, all data and statistics a year behind. So this went into effect two years ago. Now they're just getting all the data. It's costing more lives. And once again, with the lack of, of information and whatever, they're not even taking account into these guys. There's guys getting run over in truck stops because these guys are doing 40 miles an hour through a truck stop trying to get into a spot before that clock spits out hey you're in violation and then you end up at a scale house and oh we're giving you a ticket who needs that kind of stress who wants to go through that it's horrible it's more dangerous out here than it's ever been so are you finding that it, it's fine you're it's hard for you to find spots to rest now or spots are filling up quickly parking spots overall parking has been a huge issue in trucking huge issue for every parking spot there's, I think it's honestly up to 10, but we'll just call it eight. There's eight trucks that need that spot. That's how bad parking is. For every one parking spot, eight trucks need that spot. So people drive by, you know, down the interstate at night or whatever, and they see trucks on the ramps, you know, sleeping or whatever, and they're like, man, these guys are lazy. They just don't want to go find a parking spot. There are no parking spots. You can go, you know, Gary is huge truck stops in Gary. You go there at 8 o'clock at night, there's no parking. None. You see guys parking by the shop. Like, everybody's making their own parking spot because they still want to shower. No they doubt still you want... just answered someone's question. Yeah. yeah. If you know, they, know, why are they? They still know, want shower. Them. They still want food. You know, you, you don't want to be treated like a third-rate citizen. Yeah. So, and now it's become a money scam because now you go to the Petro and Gary or any of these truck stops anymore. Loves doesn't do it, I don't think. There's, there's, there's like one or two that don't, but like TA, Petro, any of these big ones, now they charge. You can call ahead and reserve parking for $14 or $18. Somebody, one of my wow. buddies told me the other night he paid $26 for a parking spot. <laughs> so they're in the hospitality industry. Now. Exactly. <laughs> so then you go on your little phone app and you type in your credit card number and you type in the truck color and everything else and they save you a parking spot. So when you get there at the end of the night, you are guaranteed to have a parking spot. So what if he rolled into a parking spot and he didn't know it was reserved? They say reserved on them. Really? Yeah. They actually have reserved painted on them. And if you park in one, and now now it's digital. Now, I'm not always all about following the rules and whatever. So when they first started this, I would park in a reserved parking spot and I wasn't paying. I don't care. That spot was free 20 years ago, 22 years ago when I started. It should be free now. Just because you guys are trying to capitalize on this money scam of, oh, you're telling me people have to be parked at a certain time because their clock, their little box is going to tell them to? Perfect. Now I'm going to start charging for parking. 
it's a fortune. You look at, you know, let, let's just call it, you know, 50 spots at 15 bucks an hour or, or uh, you know, 15 bucks a night or 20 bucks a night or whatever. You're making money off these guys all day long and all they're looking plus for is get, a safe spot. Plus they're coming to get fuel from you. They're buying the commodity Absolutely. goods from you. They're buying yep. the, you know, the, the crack in a can that I notice you drink. Absolutely. Uh, you, Absolutely. you enjoy that. Um, and, and then the showers as well. Well, and that's you get free showers with fuel, but a lot of these guys are on a certain network or whatever, you know, these big companies, and I've had no idea this went on until just recently, but they'll send you to three different fuel stops in a day because they budget their money that tight. Go to this place and get 50 gallons of fuel and then drive 300 miles and get 25 more gallons of fuel at this place because it's cheap and go to this place. How does that work with efficiency, though, of getting the, you know, ultimately satisfying your customer, getting you low where it needs to be? Exactly. You're, you're stopping three so times. Then, yeah, so then you're late or you get stuck in traffic. You know, before you could run, and I'm notorious for it the way I run, um, you know, me and my buddy Joe run together all the time. We run out of Wisconsin. We run all the way down to Remington, Indiana. By the time we get to Remington, Indiana, Indianapolis traffic starts. So... We know we got to be loaded and gone out of Wisconsin on the road no later than 11 a.m. Then we roll into Remington. That's right about the time Indianapolis traffic starts. We sit down, we have dinner, blah, blah, blah. We bullshit for an hour or two. Off we go again. Then we get through Indianapolis, Columbus, you know, all the other major cities to get down to West Virginia. We can do that because we're on paper logs. You can't do that on e-log. On these ELDs, they tell you, you know, you get a 30-minute break and whatever. But other than that, you better be hammered down to where you need to get. And you better get there. It's, there. it's unreal. And don't give up that five minutes. You've got and, and to park when it tells you to park. That is the worst part about all of this is because they leave no leeway whatsoever with these guys. It stresses them out. One of my club guys almost, well, he did get arrested. These guys are taking these 30-minute breaks in the fuel island. They pull in the fuel island because the clock says you got three minutes, blah, blah, blah. I don't have enough time to find a parking spot. Some of these inexperienced guys can't even back a truck into a parking spot. So they pull in the fuel island, shut the truck off, and sit there for 30 minutes. Well, now you got guys like us, or even more so the other guys on e-logs, they've got a certain amount of time to get fuel, and you're clogging up the fuel island. You know, you pull in there now, and it's all these aerodynamic plastic trucks. You know, I, I pulled into one day and took a picture, and I said, boy... You feel like, you know, I got this big long hood Peterbilt. You pull in there and I'm like, boy, look at me. So the only guy invited to the Tupperware party. <laughs> it, it, right now it's either or. It's not just you have to be ELD. No, 99 and older, you don't have to be on ELD. 2000 and newer, you have to be. Oh, wow. Now, according to what I'm hearing, I do have friends that have been fighting this for a long time, actually gone to Congress, actually been in meetings and all these hearings and stuff that, you know, listening parties whatever they want to call them where you can go there and speak out and whatever but it's still a money game so i mean why the year of the vehicle um from what i understand it's a cost effective thing it's it's not cost effective to go previous to 99 now how it works i don't know because originally i was told that it was a computer thing that the computers are are too old but I've got a buddy of mine who's got an 85. They haven't Pete. changed that much. Well, and a buddy of mine's got an 85, Pete, and he's on, you know, he was on it. And for him, his company required it. So why they picked 99, I don't know. I'm glad they did because. So you can keep wrenching on it, keeping it alive, and yeah. you're good. Yeah. So that, sounds like, that sounds like a whole side business. Like, hey, let's buy some rigs and. <laughs> this is not the time. We've. we've Trucking has been in a recession for nine months because of these e-logs and the amount of waiting time more so that I've noticed in the refrigerated industry, because a lot of these warehouses, they don't care about your time. So you have to be there at noon, but they may not unload you till eight or nine o'clock at night. So all that time you spend sitting there, well, you just, you know, lost a load. Now you're, you figure you should be in and out of there in two hours tops now you just lost your next load. Now these loads are sitting on docks and they're having just, just the worst luck with this stuff. But 
a lot of these uh, carriers, not obviously not the bigger carriers, but decent sized carriers, two, 300 trucks, they're going out of business. Last, I read something last month that 5,000 truckers lost their job just, la- just last month, 5,000 truckers. And a lot of these companies are going out of business and they're not, you know, you try to do the right thing and you're going to quit somewhere, go somewhere else. You give them two weeks notice, you know, that's typical. Some of these guys are getting messages across their screen that say, hey, park your truck at the nearest terminal. You no longer have a job. That's it. We close the doors. They, they don't give them a heads up. They don't tell them they file bankruptcy. They don't tell them nothing. And a lot of these guys, it, it, thank God for Facebook, which is a rare thing for me to ever say, but a lot of these guys are putting on Facebook, hey, I'm stranded at such and such truck stop. I went to get fuel. My fuel card was turned off. Then I got a thing across my e-log that said, hey, guess what? We're out of business. Leave your truck in a safe parking spot and find your way home. Wow. They're just leaving these guys stranded. So it's, it's more so a ripple effect from delays, yep. freight not getting to where it needs to be on yep. time. All the way Cust- down. Customers are like, goodbye. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And some insurance companies and co- you know other companies won't lease you on unless you've got an e-log truck. Other guys, they don't want you if you do have it. It's it's really weird the way things work. You know, you'll you'll call a broker about a load, and you know their first question is, "Do you have e-logs?" Now, some of them want it for tracking, but other brokers have a double price. They have the e-log price. I know that you know I'm le- loading this on Monday. It's not going to get there till Wednesday. Or they have the oh, you don't have e-logs? Can you get this there tomorrow morning for a thousand dollars more? Gotcha. Absolutely. I'll get it wherever it needs to go, you know, but experience all of it. It's, it's, it's pretty bad in trucking right now. So let me switch gears for a second. While you were talking, you said something about your club brother and just for our viewers know you're part of Chi-Town large cars, right? Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what Chi-Town is, what you guys do. So 15 years ago, my best friend Mario and I started a truck club, um, all custom semi-trucks, and we called it Chi-Town Large Cars, and it was basically just going to be trucks that were from Chicago or ran Chicago dedicated. Oh, a year and a half, two years later, um, Mario had passed away, and I was trying to decide if I was going to keep going with the club or not. We were only like seven members at the time, and... Shortly after that, you know, we're going to truck shows. And, and all we did was no different than a car show. Anybody who's got, you know, something cool, motorcycle, whatever. Like take it out, show, show it off. So they've got truck shows all over the country. We like to go and hang out and drink beer at the shows and make new friends and, you know, show off our equipment that we took pride in. You sure. know, and that's, that's one thing about trucking. You don't find any other industry like this where you're taking your work car to a show. Right. But we take a lot of pride in what we do. So it started out small with seven people. Um, at one point, we were at 170 people. Um, now we're at about 90, uh, definitely quality over quantity. And we're in three countries. Um, we're all over the United States. We're in Canada and we're in Australia. Okay. And well, it's, I'm going it's, in June. It's a lot. Of, where are you going? I'm going to Brisbane. Are you? Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so... It, it's just uh, somebody coined the term for us, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. We like to help people. We like to raise money. Uh, last, uh, I'm sorry, two years ago. Two years ago, we raised $16,000 in a weekend for Shriner Children's Hospital. You know, before You're a that, 501c3? Yeah, 501c3, Perfect. full not-for-profit organization, which is really crazy to me, and it, it, I feel like it still hasn't set in because this just started as a bunch of beer-drinking truckers. Just hanging out, showing their stuff off. While we did a fundraiser one year, we raised $7,000. And then I got a phone call from the IRS. And they're like, what did you do with this money? Uh, We handed it over. Well, you can't just hand over $7,000. Why not? Well, there's got to be a paper trail. Well, I I didn't know this. I'm a truck driver, man. You know, (laughs) we're just trying to do a good thing for, you know, good people. And after that, and, and the guy was super cool and told us, you know, what we needed to do and whatever to be legit. So we went out and we were legit. So we got the our... money that's been taxed a hundred times already. Exactly. Exactly. You know, no good <laughs> deed goes unpunished. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right. one of those things, but it's, uh, 
it, it's awesome, man. And, and it's very much the old school way of trucking the way I was brought up in it. You know, I, I get guys at my house almost every weekend. I've got club guys at my house. These guys are all over the country, and it sucks being away from home, especially on the weekend. It sucks being away from your family. So knowing you can get on our you know, page where all our members are at and say, hey, I'm stuck in New York and have five members go, hey, we're at in New York, big state. Well, this is where I'm going to be. Okay, wait, you park here. I'll come get you. Come spend the weekend at my house, home cooked meal, hot shower, cold beer. Forget sleeping in the truck stop. You've got friends everywhere. Everywhere. All over everywhere. the country. Which, which comes in real handy when you've got a teenage daughter, you know, in case anybody gets out of control. <laughs> you've got friends everywhere. <laughs> You never know when someone's got to disappear, right? Right, right, right. All right, so what's the craziest shit you've ever seen? Let's hear some stories. On the road? Yeah, I mean, because, okay, so for instance. And statute of limitations. I, I was yeah, that we're so, well, well, I mean, on the road? Here. We're at the crossroads of America, right? And we got crazy shit like human trafficking, obviously drugs. Uh, fuck, you go on Facebook and you see crazy-ass videos of, semi smashing through cars because people are on cell phones or falling asleep or whatever what's the crazy i well the craziest thing that i was a part of i had a lady oh god what is this six months ago maybe i was making a right hand turn i live in lowell i was making a right hand turn on my street and my my semi is extremely long so i have to swing really wide to make the right hand turn i'm making the right hand turn and some lady tried to pass me in the right turn lane. Hit me so hard that she knocked my truck straight and I ended up on the state police department's grass. So I get out. First, there was some obscenities yelled because this truck is my baby and it's the only one I got. So any downtime, you know, I'm not swift. They're not going to tow me out a new truck and oh, well, no big deal. Move on. Truck's down. I'm down. So I get out of the truck, you know, first instinct after yelling fuck five or six times, first instinct, go check and make sure everybody's alive. So I jump out of the truck, I run over and this thing was totaled. I run up to the door and this lady sticks her head out the window and I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I thought you were turning left. And I go, no, the nine right turn signal said I was turning right. (laughs) And then I seen her son, or, and I'm like, oh, my God, is he okay? She's like, yeah, he was okay. So what are you doing? You just tried to pass me in the turn lane? Well, I thought you were turning left. I'm like, oh, my God. She's like, did you call the police? I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure we just interrupted their lunch. We're on their friggin' grass. So here these guys, you know, come running out, and they're like, everybody okay? Everybody okay? I have a dash cam on my truck. So I've got the whole thing on video. I forgot I had the dash cam because so I don't, well, I don't unplug it. So I put the thing in the truck nine months ago. I've never used it once, never need it, not worried about it, you know, whatever. At the time, my boss still owned the truck. So I call him, tell him what happened, whatever. Okay, you know, call me after you're done. I limp the truck down the road to, you know, my parking spot, a park at a buddy of mine's. And I call him back and he's like, yeah, grab this, grab that. The dash cam, I'm like, shit. He goes, don't even tell me it's not plugged in. I go, it's plugged in. I totally forgot I had the thing. I never told the cops, the lady, nothing, you know, that I had it. He's like, oh, don't worry. The insurance company will know that we got it, you know. So to see the video, and I'll show you guys the video when we're done, you're watching it, and you're like, at what point? Holy crap, you know, because she just comes out of nowhere. Wow. I didn't realize how valuable those were. And I got a Tesla in, in July, and it's got cameras all over, and it records yeah. all the time. Yeah. And then if something happens, I hit a button and it saves the last 10 minutes yeah. automatically. Two things I will not truck without dash cam and train horns. Yeah. Because I use them both a lot now. And then I can tell crazy stories like, dude, you should see the psycho that tried to run me off the road. They're like, oh, you're full of shit. Psh, pull it up. Right. Here this. it is right here. I've had the car. I don't know what it is about them. People don't like them two or three times. I've had crazy psychos. 65 on 65 doing 80. Just try to run me off the road. Crazy. Got it on my phone. I'll show you. See, and that's that's why. And that was just a pickup truck, but like, crazy motherfucker. You know, my, my my dad rides motorcycle. My brother, I rode forever, and now with as dangerous as it is out there, I don't want nothing to do with him. I sold my bike. Yeah, I, I like to go out and go to bike shows. I got a lot of buddies who build custom motorcycles. Love the look of them. Would love to ride again. 
There's no freedom like it. Mike and I have been right. riding before. Yes. He's, he's one of the ones that got me riding. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that that's the last time I rode, you know, and, and went out and had a blast. But these people are idiots. They don't care. Their mm-hmm. face is buried in the phone. And the thing that gets me, too, about safety is computers control everything. It's just the way of the world today. They preach safety this, safety that, whatever. I don't see why it's so hard because... Uh, a phone is not a right. It's a privilege. Right. I don't see why if your phone is in motion, you shouldn't get a text message. You shouldn't be able to send a text message. Nothing. Your phone you're should only too, too big brother on me here. No, 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 no. Here's, here's my point though. As long as your phone is connected to a Bluetooth, you should be able to send and receive calls. I'm all for that. You know, my, I just bought a Dodge challenger. My challenger reads me my text messages. I'm okay with that. Your face isn't buried in the phone. But the way these people drive and they're buried in the phone, don't preach to me about safety and e-logs and all this other crap. When I'm watching these guys who ain't been on the road more than six months, driving down the road, they got a a small TV screen on their dashboard because their truck only does 63 miles an hour. So it's on the dashboard, foot's up in the air, you know, phone, GPS, all this stuff. It's like, that, that's not safe. Right. That's, and all those teenagers and crazy. My kids are in first and third grade, and their friends have cell phones. First yeah. and third grade. Dad, yeah. when am I going to get a cell phone? You're not getting a cell phone. I told my daughter, my daughter Ever. just got her license, and I, for the last probably three years, have had this app called Life360, and it tracks her every move. Wow. I know where she's at, how fast she's going, the route of travel. Like, I know everything that this kid's doing. So I've always had it. I'm a single dad. So I've always had it to keep track of her because I'm trucking. So I want to make sure she's at school on time. I want to make sure she's not in the car with her friend doing 90 mile an hour down 65 and whatever. I know how I raise my kid, but that don't mean everybody raises their kid that way. Now that she's got a license, I told her flat out, listen, you already know. That thing tells me if you're on the phone when the car is moving. The first time it happens, you're done. It's over with. It's not going to be a second. Yeah. So now she's got like some Apple. I'm not an Apple guy. She's an Apple guy. She's got the whole Apple watch, iPhone, whatever thing. So, yeah. So, you know, she can talk. She was talking to her watch the other day. My first thought is I'm waiting for a black firebird to pull up out front. You know, <laughs> she's going to throw on the leather jacket and go all night rider on me. I'm like, what, what is that? She's like, oh, you can talk into it. You can this, you can that, you can walkie talkie. I'm like, okay. She's like, dad, you really need to go Apple. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't need any of that. I, I hate my, <laughs> see, <laughs> I, I hate my phone as it is most days. That's you nice, know? man. You can control your music. I, I don't everything, need that. Man. I don't, not, not for you, right? Not, I'm not that guy. You know, I, I still like trucking when it was 20 years ago where you got up in the morning, you called your old lady, you called your dispatcher, you got out your atlas, you figured out where you're going. Ooh, There's the no atlas. GPS. There's no mm. none of that stuff. You know, you, you map it all out. You call the customer for directions. But once again, more stuff that's made trucking complicated. Before, if you showed up to a customer... And they were like, oh, the load canceled. There was still a fee incurred. Now they call you and you're five minutes away. Hey, you're not here. We called you. You answered the phone. We told you load canceled. You're not here. Not our problem. Then you got to eat it. Now you just dead had 300 miles, 200 wow. miles, 100 miles, burned up all that fuel that you have to pay for. It's crazy. So it seems like you've really got a, an old school spirit to you. I'm all about old school. And Everything. Having said that, uh, I know recently you got back into the, the mini trucking game. I did. Uh, I did. No, no, the wizard. Uh, here, do you have uh, that photo of Cuts? Uh, what, what? Give me the year. It's a 93 Chevy Dually. 93 Quad Chevy Quad cab, Dooley. body drop, airbag. to the ground. Oh, yeah. Sick. Oh, yeah. And that's not your first lowrider. No, um, I got into mini trucking when I was 16 and had a couple of S10s and stuff like that. I had a a dually, nothing anywhere near as cool as what I have now, but the one I have now, I ended up getting from a friend. A friend gave me the truck. Kind Um, of a priceless story, right? So it was a bag? 
It's, that, it's bagged. It's body dropped. You I, can't put a piece of paper underneath I'm, it. I'm uh, bagging the Tesla next year. Are you? And I got a friend. Uh, Instagram bagged Model 3. Check it out. His Tesla's bagged. It is so badass. He's pushing a quarter. Yeah. It's a crot. And, that's badass. And I went out to visit him. Went out to Portland. And uh, <laughs> it's so badass. Yeah. Dude. It yeah. is so badass. To me, anything that sits low on the ground, I mean, I'm, you know, I just bought my semi and now I'm, I'm going to bag the front of that so the bumper sits on the ground. Like, I'm all about, all about low. Always have been. So, so the story with the dually, how to come about? So, through the club, um, four, four years ago, pardon me, I'm getting old. Four years, I think it was four years ago. Um, I met a guy, Kurt Hall, through another friend of mine. And Kurt's a guy who does all custom work, owns Hall's Hot Rods. Where's he out of? He's out of, no, he's out of Michigan. Michigan. Um, he was bagging a vehicle and the vehicle fell on top of him and crushed his spine, handicapped from the waist down. So we're doing these fundraiser shows and stuff like that. Kurt was going to be a recipient of the show. Uh, my best friend Lloyd and I went out there to meet him face to face. And the first time we went out there to meet him, he was trying to sell his house. I'm not a hands-on kind of guy. Lloyd and I went out there and landscaped the front of his house and stuff. We wanted to help him do some things he couldn't do. So that's how we met. Hit it off. Absolutely hit it off. Became the best of friends. Raised some money to help him out, so on and so forth. And just go out there and spend a weekend here and there. Drink beer, hang out. Like he's he's one of those people who is absolutely inspiring. You know, when you lose your legs, and so you your first thought would probably be to give up. Like that, I just can't do this. Especially when you're a builder. Right. You know, you need your legs to get around. And this guy, he just never get he never gave up never made made me appreciate life every single day no doubt about it so i wrote in to the tv show garage squad um to have his dually redone he had that this was his dually so wrote in to have it redone the they accepted the submission so we're on the show. We build, you know, we build the truck. We go through everything. It was an amazing time. It was an amazing experience. It was good to be in the shop with him, and and he actually got to work on it. And get his hands yeah, dirty. yeah. I mean, it, it, this awesome. guy, like I say, he's, you know, he's bent over a fender, you know, welding and stuff like that. Like this wheelchair is not stopping this dude. He's he's unbelievable. So we're there till two, three o'clock in the morning. Some nights, like this is. Just the most amazing experience already just being able to do this for him. And then when it was all said and done at the end and they revealed the truck and whatever, he turned around and handed the keys to me and gave me the truck. That's fucking awesome. And not going to lie, I, I freaking cried because this truck was my dream truck. Like, you know, it, it, you always want bigger and better and cooler. So I went from my S10 to, you know, a short bed, short cab, to a short cab, long bed, to an extended cab, long bed, to the dually that I had and whatever. But I always, always dreamed of a body drop airbag dually. Always. So here he is. He spins around, hands me the keys, and I'm just like, what? And he's like, absolutely. He's like, for everything you've done for me and my family, he's like, it, it's the least I could do. And I'm just like, I was a sobbing mess. I mean, I was. But it's, it's one of those things where you go through a lot of things in life, and I've been through a lot in my life. You have every reason in the world to give up on people. You really do. It should, it's just, honestly, it's the way of the world now. So I've learned that always be you. So if you do something for somebody and somewhere down the road they return it, great. If you loan somebody 100 bucks and they never give it back, you you loaning them that 100 bucks makes you who you are. Right. How they respond to it makes them who they are. But you don't let somebody change who you are, no matter what happens. Because if you do, then you're one of them. So don't ever do that. So that's just kind of... 
Be true to yourself. Absolutely. So had I let the world get the best of me, I never, I, I would never help anybody, let alone do these shows, fundraisers, whatever, the, the not-for-profit. I would have never done any of that. I would have threw in the towel a long time ago and never did it. Had I did that, I would have never met Kurt. And Kurt has, him and his family have changed my life more than I can ever preach to you about. You know, there's, there's a million stories other than that as far as us getting, you know, phone calls, just getting each other through shit. You see on Facebook, the dude's having a, you know, hard day and whatever. And people always say, don't ever call cut unless you're ready to get your feelings hurt. Because I'm a very brutal truth kind of guy. My, my whole, and people laugh about it, but my whole thing is, don't call me looking for sympathy. You want sympathy? Look between shit and syphilis in the dictionary. You're not getting it from me. <laughs> so when Kurt and I have a conversation or whatever, he knows it's brutal truth time. Right. I'm the same way. And he's, and, and that, mm. you know what? People who can handle it can handle it, and people who can't can't. That's their problem. That's but right. I'm not watering and myself down. You usually don't hear from them. They right. Can't. Or if you do, it's not good. Right. But, you know. But he's done the same for me. You know, when, when life's kicking me in the ass, you know, and fuel prices are high and this and that and whatever, you know, he'll call me and it's the same thing. As soon as I look down at the phone, I'm like, yep, here it comes. I'm about to tell you to suck it the um, fuck up, right? right? <laughs> Hello. I know you're not down on yourself. Don't even get me started. And I'm like, I argue with this guy, right? You know, this, this right. guy is, is, you know, pushing along like nothing, living his best life to the best of his ability. You can't argue with this guy. Right. So we have, uh, we've changed each other's lives. That's awesome. That, that's, so it's, that's it's a phenomenal pretty, story. It's pretty, it's, it's, and friendship still continues. Absolutely. Absolutely. We talk all the time and, uh, I don't care about what other. anybody says. Everything happens for a reason. I mean, That's, it's just, it's I crazy. A firm, firm believer it, in that growing up, you know, I wasn't like, <clears throat> like my, my mom, when she was growing up Catholic church, you know, every Sunday, middle of the week, they were always there parochial school, whatever. Uh, I didn't grow up like that and right. I didn't, I wasn't like super religious growing up, but right. then you have these events when you become an adult and you're like, how is that possible? It's just, you know, too good. You know, right. How did that happen? I was at the right spot, right time. Yeah. What, meant what to led be. me here? What, what, what led us here sitting? So many relationships right now, right? and experiences. <sighs> yeah. And wow, I could have died. How did I not? You know, things like that. And it's like, man. And when, and when I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason, I'll give you a story about that, kind of being a single dad. So my daughter just turned 18. I've had sole custody and guardianship of her since she was six months old. I've raised her by myself. I never wanted kids. Like, never. Like, my whole life. All I wanted to do was just buy bigger and badder Peterbilts. Like, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get me one of these Peterbilts with a shower and, you know, all this other shit in it. Like, never wanted kids. Yeah, dreams. Right. Here I go. Have a child. And greatest thing ever. Like, that kid is... is She's my best friend. She's my partner in crime. She's my everything. And anybody who knows me knows. Isn't it amazing that that first time you oh, open yeah. and everything changes? Oh, yeah. You can't even explain it. Yep. And you're not prepared for it. Craziest yeah. feeling in the world, especially when that, that was never part of your plan and whatever. Now it's yeah. like, wow, reality just totally kicked me right in the ass. You know, here I am. I'm a dad and whatever. So I got custody because my ex decided that drugs were more important than family. So now here I am, a guy with no maternal instinct that never wanted kids, that drives truck for a living. Now I need to get custody of my kid. Now I got to settle down. Now I got to come off the road. Now, like my whole life changed. And I brought my daughter home six months old. I, I was renting a room from my cousin at the time because now I had to up and move us back up north. We were living down south with a, you know, I had a house down there with her mom. So now I got to move my daughter back up north where my family, my friends, my support group is. I bring her home at six months old. I laid her down on the bed. I looked up at the sky. I'm like, Jesus, please don't let me fuck this kid's life up, please. Well, now she's 18, driver's license, straight A student, you know, so on and so forth, you know, just got accepted into Purdue where she wanted to go, you know, so I, I, I did all right. But 
going through all that stuff, like you said, you, the things you go through. When I had to get custody, I remember like crying. What, what did I do to deserve this? What did I do? What, what did I do that was so bad that I had to go through all this with this woman to find out that she's on drugs while I'm on the road and all this other shit? What, what did I do? And I didn't have that answer until why it all happened to me. You know, they, everything happens for a reason. You may not know today. Sooner or later, you'll know. So tie into the club. I have a club guy, um, great guy, love him to death. The first time I met this guy, we went to lunch. And he's sitting across the table from me at lunch. And he, I could just tell he was ready to cry. And I'm like, are you okay? Like, I hate to say it, but at the time I was working for a local company, you know, on e-logs. I'm like, dude, I got 30 minutes. That's my break, 30 minutes. <laughs> so right. The clock's so, ticking away so in the let's truck. Let's go, right. Something going on, let me know, you know. And he told me that his daughter was addicted to drugs, that he got custody of his grandson, this and that. What do I do? I don't know how to handle this situation. And it was at that moment that I realized that all this happened over these last, at the time, probably 14 years, all this happened over the last 14 years so I could sit down and have this conversation with this man right now and let him know that there is hope and you can get through it and you can raise a kid and you can explain, you know, drugs and so on and so forth, you know, age appropriately. You know, I've, I've always been straightforward with my daughter, but I did it age appropriately. You know, I used to tell my daughter that her mom was sick. Your mom is sick. You're, you don't see your mom because your mom is sick. Then she went through the D.A.R.E. program at school. Thank God for the D.A.R.E. program. She went through the D.A.R.E. program at school. She came home. She told me she graduated the D.A.R.E. program. Does that shit even exist anymore? I, I haven't heard does. a damn thing it... about that. No, no. Did you have No, Dare... no the wizard, does that, that exist anymore? The D.A.R.E. The program? The D.A.R.E. program? Um, no, we use this thing called Fairhaven now. It's Fairhaven? Fairhaven's a, uh, like a, a crisis center, I believe, right? For like rape and... A rape crisis center, yeah. If it's a... That's a good uh, That's organization. That's insane. How do they not have Dare anymore? I haven't seen it, man. I haven't I seen have, it in like honestly, 10 years. I haven't either. I know there's a couple of... Uh, I know Lansing. I don't know who else. So like, I'm gonna, I still I'm have gonna, the Dare well, I think Crown Point. squad car. I'm going to I'm gonna say this. Uh, Dare was amazing. Um, as you grow older, you're going to meet people that make those decisions. And uh, I went to... Just the other day, I, went to, uh, I was invited to an uh, NA meeting. Mm-hmm. to support a friend um for people that have questions or past judgment you know just have an open mind um i encourage people to attend an open meeting and just sit and listen and you guys will learn something i promise and that's i sat and had a conversation and explained to him how i did it whatever and we were when we were done having the conversation like you could tell the relief in this guy's face you know right. and unfortunately his daughter did pass away, uh, I think, a year, two years ago, of an overdose. Right. Those demons are strong. So they, then, they really you are. know, so then he was, you know, telling me about how um, his daughter, you know, Christmas was their big thing always. You know, that was their big thing. So now he felt like Christmas was ruined because the family tradition was Christmas at the house. His daughter passed away at the house. Like Christmas is, I'm like, dude. Start a new tradition. Christmas should be amazing for your grandson. Absolutely amazing. So go go wherever. Go to Tennessee. Go to Disney. Go somewhere. Start a new tradition. And he's like, man, I, I never thought about that. Like, we, I'm going to call my wife. We could totally do something like that. You know, outside perspectives and what people go through, man, you, you never really know until you talk to people. Sure. You know, strangers, you know. They're just friends that you haven't introduced yourself to yet. That's that's all it is. You know, I've I've got a million friends in this world that I know through trucking or mini trucking or whatever that would help me out in a heartbeat. And and they may only know me from Facebook and would still help me out in a heartbeat. It's one of those. Uh, I, I totally advise if you can help someone in any way, shape, or form, like you were saying, it it uh, it changes your life, and you won't realize it until you do it, but. The greatest feeling, and I say this all the time because the first, that's what made us keep going with the fundraisers and stuff. There's no better feeling than helping somebody.
who can never return the favor. You hand somebody a check or you do something that is life-changing to them. They're ready to give up whatever. You don't ever expect anything back, nothing. But to see the look on their face, the look of hope. Or even when you just first see them. Being an ear. A- absolutely. You know, you know that's, that's the club motto. You know, it's not politically correct and whatever, but our club motto is 3 p.m. with a shoulder or 3 a.m. with a shovel. I'm your brother. You need <laughs> right. a shoulder to cry on at 3 p.m.? Fine. Something went down, you're covered in blood at 3 a.m.? Call me. I'm still going to come help you out. We gotcha. You That's, don't find that anymore. Loyalty is, is a thing of the past. It's a tattoo. Man, so, it's, it's pretty crazy when, when from start to finish how much everything is affected. Because when you, when you look at it, and I tell people this all the time when they start bitching about truck drivers and whatever, name five things, just five, that don't come by truck. Name five. I don't think you can. Exactly. You can't. Everything comes by truck. Everything. You don't, there's no boat, there's no ship, there's no train sitting at the Walmart. Everything comes by truck. What do you think about the uh, self-driving Tesla somewhere? Oh, Lord. Have you seen that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the autonomous trucks, right? Here's, Here's my standpoint on them. I think it's the worst, most dangerous thing in the world. I feel that way. Everybody's all about statistics. So when somebody asks me about that, I bring up, have you seen the movie Sully? No, I haven't. Watch the movie Sully. It is about the airplane pilot who oh, landed yeah, yeah. on the Hudson, the Hudson River. Yep, the hero of the Hudson. So they, according to statistics and computers, they were going to nail this guy to the cross. They, they were going to ruin this guy's life and everything else because statistics and the computer said... Hey, you didn't need to land that there. You could have made it back. You didn't need to land that there. You're dangerous. You could have killed a million people, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I just saved all these people's lives. And you're, you're coming after me. And I just saved all these people's lives. So as they're going through the court process and whatever, and like I'm staring at the TV, like getting madder and madder as it's going on. And they're like, okay, now add in the human factor. Like, you're doing this, and you're saying, but add in. And when they added it in, if it wasn't for his experience and his brain, there would have been thousands of people killed. That, that plane would have went down sure. and, and, you know, in New York City and killed a ton of people. I feel that way about autonomous trucks. What happens when it blows a tire? What happens when a sensor goes out? What happens? Well, there- Prime example, I, I, I used to haul chemicals. Anything with a computer can be hacked. Oh, yeah. Those have already been hacked. They've already proven. Talk about, man, hazmat. That's a whole different conversation. Holy yeah. cow, man. I poked a drum of, like, super glue one time, and it was like I was put on the cross, for, and I was just a dock worker. Right. Oh, my God. And, and that's just it. So you take out the human factor of it and the experience of it, especially with something like hazmat. So you're telling me that a guy who's good on computers – may not have any idea how to drive a car but if he's a brain and he's good on computers he can hijack this load of explosives because it's a computer and there's no guy in the truck to stop it and just run that thing straight into an airport run it straight into you know the the, the courthouse behind us whatever and well, kill get, thousands of people getting back to the truck they're years and years away from it. I, I don't think it'll ever be empty you know like my car like autopilot someone has to be there it doesn't just go on autopilot it alerts you every few minutes to make sure you're awake so here so here's my question about about the automatic cars okay because again this is not my thing so with an automatic car who's at fault if something goes wrong is the car at fault is the guy at fault it's a good question if your car drives itself and it's so safety awareness whatever what you're telling me is I can go downstairs right now, get shit-faced out no, of my mind, no. get in the car, push the button, no, that's not, tell it to take me home, and it's not and drinking you know, and know, Obviously, people are going to try to take advantage of that. Absolutely. But I'm not I've seen the videos of the guy sleeping in the Tesla <laughs> going down fake. the road. Those are fake. Those are fake. <laughs> it's impossible. You can't do that. So what happens is when they see a car coming, they'll act. They'll act like they're sleeping. And then the car will roll up. I've done it. You look out of the corner of your eye. You look in your mirror. Then you act like you're sleeping. 
and then they pass, and then you can't fall asleep because every 30 Did seconds... Did you just tell me you have no idea why people try to run you off the road? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But anyways, it's, uh, it, it's fake. People can't sleep in a Tesla. Why? Does it sense it? Yeah. No, you have to touch the steering wheel but, every 30 but, seconds. But I guess what he's saying, though, it's if it's in autopilot mode and you crash... Yeah, no, I, Who, I get whose what you're fault saying. is it, though? Is, I get, is it the cars, or is it your well, fault? Well, that's what I'm saying. You have to so, pay attention, even if it's an autopilot. If you see something's going to happen, you, cor- you can correct it. You just grab the wheel and drive like So normal. it's not black and white as the, the... It's not is push it the, the gun's button. fault or the person behind the right. gun's right. fault? No, right, right, right. We'll, we'll see what happens when... you know. And they're happens. cool, don't get me wrong. My buddy Schubert's got one, and they're, I mean, they're amazing cars. They're gorgeous cars. I, mean, I think my uncle just bought one. My cousin's got that's one. That's not why I bought mine. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't been to a gas station in six months. That's pretty fucked up. That's pretty fucked up. I haven't bought, I haven't up. bought <laughs> petroleum in six months for my. I mean, my wife drives a gas car, but that's insane. Yeah, and you really like so. Guess look, who's guess who's not getting robbed for speedway points? Right, my shit's not getting hacked. But I mean, you think about a sixty, let's say sixty thousand dollar car. When you do <clears throat> all the cost savings, that sixty thousand dollar car is really a thirty thousand dollar car. And by the way, it can drive itself, and it's got the best sound system, and you know it's got cool toys, you know. But I think he's just bragging now. No, I'm just saying I, I that so. by not buying gas, it's not a sixty thousand dollars. So what car. do you do? You plug it in? Yeah, plug it in at night. You go on road trips, and it plans your trip to. What's, their... what's the ba- what's the battery in that one of them things cost? What happens if the battery takes a shit? Well, I, my car's warranted for one hundred twenty thousand miles. It's not too bad. No. How often you got to plug Eight it year. in? Oh, I have the upgraded battery. I have 310-mile range. So I can go to... I have Did a charging station at... You have to charge it in 310 miles? Yeah. It's like a tank of gas, man. How long does it take to charge? Okay, so it depends on where you go. If, you go, to a, if you go to a Tesla supercharger, 20 minutes. Full battery. I go home and plug it in. If it was empty, it'd be about eight hours. But I maybe drive twenty percent, so I plug it in a couple hours. So like a regular plug? No, it's special. It's fucking just an extension cord. No. So if you're driving from here to California, you gotta stop every three hundred miles, plug your car. Yeah. And do no, a quick twenty I'm minute, quick twenty minute charge. <laughs> oh, and by the way, to to stop and charge costs about five bucks. I thought it was free to charge. It can be. Depending on what model you buy, not my model. If you if you buy an X, the hundred thousand dollar car, it's, they're offering free charging. So you got the poor man's Tesla that you got to pay to charge. Free charging. Yeah. That's that's almost as bad as paying for parking spots. So I, I'm man. telling you right Listen, now, man, I can drive I'm out to, on this automatic. I shit. can drive to Florida for twenty bucks right now. That's pretty. cool. But you have to stop nine times. Like well, I got to piss anyway. I got to get something to eat. <laughs> They look cool, so that that's the only reason why I like them. They look cool. I dig the gadgets and whatever, but you you could have put a motor in there. I'd rather get gas. It's got motors, no engines. I'm indifferent about it. I I think it's cool. Uh, oh, by the I way, like it's probably it. the fastest streetcar you've been in. Well, I don't know about that. I used to. Different life. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, there's still statues. Yeah, I was gonna say, statue we can't talk about some yeah, of this yeah. stuff. Um, Mine's not the fastest one. Mine's like zero to sixteen four. But they have ones that are like two point eight. See, but but to me that that's that's like me. That's like me with the Challenger. You know, I've I've got my Challenger, and. I didn't buy it with the Hemi because I've got a daughter that was getting her license. My freaking insurance was going to go through the roof. 80 is 80. 90 is 90. 100 is 100. If you feel the need that you have to go 100, you get out west, whatever, you know, where you can go as fast as you want to go. I don't care how long it takes me to get there. I can do 100 in the car. I can do 100 in the semi truck. I can, you know, uh, like when they brag about the fastest streak, unless you're going out on the Autobahn. Who cares? That's just my thought. That's that's just me. Like, trust me, I'd like to get out and beat on it from time to time, but where we live, where exactly are you going to go out to and really show off the speed on that thing? Legally. A couple, couple spots. Right. That's it. Yeah. 
And that's just because you know the cops aren't over there. Right. <laughs> you want to avoid the bear trap, right? Right. All right, so I'd like to thank you for coming on. Uh, I hope this was uh, informative and entertaining to everybody in the yep, podcast. Absolutely. Uh, Good you're, time. You're more than welcome to come back on the show. We can talk about anything you want. Uh, really gave us some insight on the trucking industry, how you came up, and just where do you think this is headed? Where, where, where's trucking headed? Let's end, end on that note. In 10 years, where's the trucking industry? Where are you? And does, does something does like Amazon, does that affect you? Things like that? All that, all that stuff um, is a factor. Honestly, it is. And depending on who you talk to and, and where they stand as far as it, that's where you'll get different opinions. I mean, I've, I've seen, I uh, just watched like a five-minute video on Facebook about a guy who in a year and a half's time has bought seven trucks doing nothing but Amazon Prime stuff. You know, so obviously the convenience and all that stuff is, it's insane to me. I, I still, because I am very old school. Man, I, it's crazy what My mom doing. told me the other day that her friend sent her something, called her. She's like, walk outside your door. She's walking outside the door. The Amazon truck is pulling up in front and delivering her a, a DVD or whatever. Yeah, your phone's like, oh, it's 10 stops away. Oh, yeah. it's not. And then they take a picture of it. And I got Crazy. people pulling up in enterprise trucks, you know. Right. If, hey, listen, if anybody needs work, you can deliver packages. I, I was just going to say, and that, that's like, I, they, isn't it seven days a week with them people? Yeah. yeah I get them on like Sunday. Seven days days a week. Yeah, I got them yeah. today. Deliver today, actually. Yeah. And, and doesn't, doesn't uh, I ordered the it regular yesterday. post office deliver some of their stuff, yes. too? Yep. Yeah. That's... I thought I seen them out on a Sunday, and I was like, couldn't fathom why they, why the post office would be out on Sunday. And it was, you know, my daughter told me that, yeah, they do prime stuff. So, so that to end this, if you had one statement to make to anybody that's listening, and so far as the truck drivers that might be listening, what what's one piece of advice you would give them from both perspectives? Um. To me, the biggest thing um, going on in trucking and so on and so forth, you know, from a from a trucking standpoint, from my point of view, I feel like um, the lack of knowledge, the lack of experience are two of the biggest things that are going to destroy this industry. Joe Public doesn't understand what truck drivers go through, what's all involved. As far as they're concerned, they walk into Walmart, it's on the shelf, that's all that matters. The fact of the matter is, if truck drivers shut down for 72 hours, from Friday to Sunday, if they shut down for 72 hours, it would take this country seven years to recuperate from it. Seven years. On a financial on, on a financial, on a store basis, you name it, seven years is what it would take to recuperate the shelving, everything. Wow. Because of how much stuff is shipped on such a tight schedule. And I There's bet you. so much last minute stuff that shipped, again, produce, stuff like that. There is so much stuff, fresh, you know, fish, stuff like, so much that is on such a tight schedule that if no trucks moved for 72 hours, it would take seven years. And we don't want that. You know, that, that's a big thing. Truck drivers don't want that. They don't want it to come to that. They're just tired of being treated like third-rate citizens. Guys have been doing this for years with common sense, which ain't so common anymore, and knowledge and, and, and the right training and so on and Common so forth. Common sense anywhere. It's right. missing. Right. It's and and that's, that's so sad because there are so many guys that take pride in it. But like I said, there's guys coming in and they're paycheck truckers. They're in it for the paycheck, nothing else. There's no pride in it. There's no experience. They don't care. They'll do this until they have no license. Their CSA points are through the roof. They'll quit and they'll go work at Walmart. They're not truckers. They hold a steering wheel. That's no different than they drive their car. That's it. But what John Q. Public needs to realize is that everything comes by truck. Yeah, you know what? It sucks, traffic, everything else. I get it. The, the aggravation that you see out here on the road and, and the way 
a lot of these guys are truckers don't like it any more than you do. The guy swerving all over the road, the guy with his foot up on the dashboard, you know, whatever. We don't like it any more than you do. And what we're fighting for to get away from these e-logs and stuff, automatic trucks, there should never be an automatic transmission in a semi-truck. Never. But they're there. They're making it easier and easier, autonomous trucks, for anybody to do this job. That's not safe. Experience in any industry should trump everything, period. Experience, firefighters, cops, it doesn't matter what it is. That's right. Experience is what it's all about. But the government is making it where you don't need any experience. You know, it's easier to get a CDL than it is to get a driver's license. It's ridiculous. They're putting these guys in 80,000 pound trucks for six months and calling them a trainer. My daughter will have her license for six months, six months from now. And I'm still not going to let four people get in the car with her. And it ain't 80,000 pounds, you know? So that's, that's the main thing that I feel like people need to realize is that the trucking industry is, is a lack of knowledge. Learn, learn what guys do, learn what we're out here doing, be a part of it. When you see, especially my club, if you see us post stuff on our Facebook or, you know, our website or whatever that, you know, we're looking for a petition sign. This is for everybody's safety. This isn't just for our safety. We're out there, you know, like you said, however far, 300 and something miles, you know, before you plug your car and whatever, it may take you forever to do that. I'm doing on average 700 miles a day, five days a week. And I'm out here with these people, you know, like we were talking earlier. A dash cam and train horns are a must. I won't truck without them because half the time I'm driving down the road, I got to watch this guy who's hugging the dotted line because he's not paying attention because he doesn't care. It's not, he wasn't raised in it. It's just a paycheck. So you feel like nothing against high school kids, but you feel like the kid who goes from McDonald's to Speedway to Burger King to this, it's just a fly by night thing, you know, whatever. It's not a career. They're putting so many unskilled workers into these trucks, and it makes it more dangerous for us, for your family, for everybody. It's 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 scary. Well, cut. That's that's well said, and uh, I do want to thank you for coming on. Absolutely, man. And, it was a blast. And uh, for lack of a better terms, uh, just keep on trucking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have a good one. All See right. you guys.